You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our AIB Weekly Market Talk. Today is Tuesday the 14th of April. My name is Cormac Canan from AIB Treasury and I'm joined today by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist, to discuss the latest market developments. Oli, after seeing global stock markets fall by 30 to 40% between mid-February and mid-March, we have seen key US and European indices recover by 20 to 25% from their lows. What is driving these gains and are they sustainable? Yeah, well, certainly the rebound in uh, stock markets over the last number of weeks has caught people by surprise. I mean, it's come against a background where we we are beginning to recognise the enormous scale of the shock that the world economy is suffering. We've seen very weak data releases, and particularly very sharp increases in unemployment. And we've had warnings from the IMF and the OECD. The OECD is estimating that output could fall by 20 to 30% in most economies in the second quarter of the year because of the lockdowns associated with the coronavirus pandemic. So to see the scale of the jump in stock market is quite surprising because the data is very weak. The other thing is the corporate, our first quarter corporate earnings season is upon us. We'll see releases from um, companies now over the next couple of weeks. And where we're expectancy is very disappointing quarter one results and obviously sharply lower guidance for quarter two and maybe the for the rest of the year i mean corporate earnings and profitability are going to take a hammer in 2020 given the extent of the global demand shock and you think of sectors which have been badly impacted a lot of companies are struggling in energy airlines hospitality and other areas of discretionary consumer spending so there's going to be some very difficult corporate earnings stories there now, as you say, the markets have recovered. It may well be, I mean, we see some of the main Wall Street banks are divided on this. Some banks are taking a very negative view of the coronavirus in terms of the impacts over the course of the year, stretching out to the second half of the year. And then others are of the view that the unprecedented measures we've seen taken by governments and central banks you know, to mitigate the effects of the crisis in terms of direct income supports for households, supports for companies, etc., that that, you know, is, is in effect laying the foundations for a strong recovery in activity later on in the year. So it looks like stock markets are hopeful here and think that the measures taken will, okay, we'll have a difficult second quarter of the year, but there will be a strong rebound in the second half of the year. Now, you know, I think it's fair to say that the, um, the, the risks are to the downside in terms of that view. And, you know, stock markets, to me, look vulnerable in terms of seeing a renewed fall the next couple of months, particularly as those corporate earnings come out for quarter one and there's guidance given for quarter two and the, and the rest of the year. So we'll wait and see. I mean, they've had a reasonable start again post-Easter in terms of Asian markets were up. Uh, European stock markets starting well on Tuesday. There was some good data out of China uh, over the weekend in terms of recovery in trade in March as the coronavirus pandemic there abated. So that's given those bulls in the markets hope that once the virus starts to abate, that activity can reaccelerate again quite quickly. Thanks, Ali. Now on to bond markets. The ECB launched a massive quantitative easing programme in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. What impact have we seen so far? Well, you know, one of the impacts of the pandemic is, you know, sharp rises in government spending, uh, big declines in government revenue, and as a result, rapidly rising budget deficits. So governments are going to have to issue far more bonds than they intended this year. And the early signs are that the, the, the support provided by central banks in terms of cutting interest rates, but also, the, as you say, these massive quantitative easing programs, which is effectively buying government bonds in the market. What that has allowed governments to do is actually 
issue in recent weeks, large amounts of debt at very low interest rates. And we saw a very good example of that here in Ireland last week. The NTMA raised substantial amount of funds. It was it was a new bond, a 2007-year bond, 2027 bond. It was hoping to raise between three and four billion. It actually raised six billion, but what was quite remarkable was there was over 33 billion in bids for that stock. And it was able to get it away at a very low interest rate of a quarter percent. And it's not just now, the past week or two has seen, you know, large-scale issues in economies in the past, which would have had difficulties in, bond, in issuing bonds, Italy, Spain, Portugal, as well as the mainstream markets, uh, France and Germany, what have you. So I think it's it's a marked contrast to what happened during the um, financial crisis 10 years ago, when we didn't have the ECB backstopping the market, and sovereigns like Ireland were unable to fund and we had to get a bailout. Well, it's a completely different set of circumstances this time around. You know, the, the, the clear evidence of, of the success of the ECB's policy in terms of bond buying is the evidence that governments you know have been able to issue in large size at very low interest rates so across the eurozone you know interest rates are close to zero they are a bit higher in italy but it has a, it has a much higher level of debt but even italy can fund it around one and a half percent in ireland's case it was a quarter percent last week interest rates in germany long-term interest rates remain below zero and you know the support of the ecb is critical in that regard i know there's a lot of talk about corona bonds and whether they may happen or not i mean they, they weren't agreed to at the european finance minister's meeting on thursday but the, the key thing is you know corona bonds will take quite to set up the ecb is right there now buying government debt in large size in all member states uh, and supporting the bond markets and allowing governments to issue uh, very low interest rates. So that's that's very helpful and contrasts sharply, as I say, what happened 10 years ago when a lot of countries were, were, were closed out of capital markets and were able, unable to fund. Thanks, Ollie. Now on to uh, currency markets, where we've seen the US dollar uh, depreciate by around 1% against the euro over the last week. And sterling is also up against both the dollar and euro. What has driven this? To some extent, currency markets are being driven by what's happening in other markets, what we call uh, risk appetite. And the dollar in particular is it's a reserve currency. It's a currency that we see strengthens at times of great uncertainty uh, and when there's nervousness in markets and stock markets are falling. So you know, the dollar had been strong up till a couple of weeks ago, but the recovery in stock markets has seen an improvement in risk appetite and less money got into the US currency. As I say, it's a reserve currency. It's a safe haven currency. But stock markets are rallying. Well, then we see an improvement risk risk appetite and some of the gains that the dollar makes tend to be given back. Now, we can say the same thing about the yen and the Swiss franc. They're the three main currencies, our safe haven currencies that we have. So, so what's happened is the dollar's lost a bit of ground. It's still high enough. I mean, it's still at elevated levels. It has given back a small amount of the gains it's seen recently. I mean, the, the euro's trading around 109. Now, I have been down as low as 107, 108. So, as you say, the euro has gained a bit of ground, but so also have other currencies. The movements in sterling are even more pronounced. Now, you may recall that in March, you know, sterling had a very rough month. It had, you know, the euro had been trading around 85, 86p, and it rose all the way to 95, 96p against, against sterling when markets were in a very fraught state. Now, over the last number of weeks, markets have settled down a bit. We've seen the rallying stock markets. And actually, sterling has recouped nearly all that last ground. The euro's back down near 87p. Now, there may be other factors at work, but you know, sterling in particular seems to be pretty vulnerable to swings in risk appetite, the mood in markets. And the better move 
move we've seen in the last two or three weeks that we're referencing in terms of improving stock markets has coincided with a return to sterling, or sorry, gains by sterling recovering that lost ground. So it's back to levels we saw a month or six weeks ago in around 87p. And um, I just saw the FT today that actually talks are recommencing on Brexit. Now, the I think there'll be there won't be roundtable discussions, but the the, the Brexit talks have been put into cold storage over the last four to six weeks. They're beginning again, so that might become a factor that could influence sterling over the next number of weeks if there's any progress there or lack of progress or any decisions made. But let's say the dollar benefits when there's a demand for safe haven, safe haven currencies and stock markets are selling off and sterling is the other extreme it, it suffered very badly at, at the peak of the sell-off in stock markets but as markets settled down the last number of weeks it recovered ground was back to around 87p so i suppose the warning for traders there people who are importing and exporting with the uk is that sterling can be you know in particular can be very volatile and you know volatility in markets is likely to remain a feature of them over the next number of months so don't be surprised if sterling continues to swing around a bit now may not get back up to 94 95 p but you could see a move between 84 85 and 90 p depending on the mood in markets uh, generally speaking ollie thank you for your insights and thanks to our customers for listening for those customers impacted by COVID-19, you can find details of AIB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. To stay up to date on financial markets, please press the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.